They used to pour gas where they pour water now. And then, then the car would whack the throttle and throw fire everywhere. It was really awesome to watch. And uh, the, the reason they stopped doing it is they found out that the gas uh, took all the oxygen out of the air. And all, every once in a while you hit the throttle and it would just, just die there. right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, I told Shirley uh, Muldani that uh, I want to do a fire burnout and I want to do it in uh, the lane away from the tower. And I told Reyes she's going to do it. Steve and Reyes was our photographer. Yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve Reyes, Reyes is our photographer. The legendary the photographer. The legendary Steve. Yeah, the giant. Steve could figure out when somebody was going to blow up. He'd literally look and watch watching cars in lane. He goes, watch that one. And then he'd <laughs> train his camera on there and guaranteed he'd get Boom. a shot. Yeah. So Shirley comes up, and she's in the lane next to the tower. So, oh, no, this is not going to be the burnout. No problem. That's good because Steve's got the camera open in the back uh, loading it with film. And next thing I see is, uh, I think it was caps pouring down the gas, and they lit it up to the headers, and she whacked the throttle. Reyes is stumbling forward with the cameras, Pentax 6x7, and as he's stumbling forward, he clicked this thing, and she's throwing flames up into the trees all over the tower, and the guy sitting in the wheelchair in front of the tower, <laughs> a couple other people, you know, it was pretty bad. And, oh, no. uh but it was the greatest fire burnout of all time, and Reyes caught it, and we ran it uh, double truck center spread in PHR. Hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Benty, and car builder, Steve Strope, and we're going to tell you some stories. All right, welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith, my buddy, Cam Benty, and we have a special guest star. Lenny Emanuelson, former editor of Hot Rod Magazine, good friend of mine. We and just, we just Steve, met him. We just, we just met, met him. him. We, we, just, just, we, just, we just pulled him off the street. <laughs> some guy here. Come with us. He had some go-kart. He was like going by and we put our foot out, tripped him. We should talk about that. We should talk about that. He has we them will. in his car. I got it in my car. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so Steve Strope is on vacation. He's actually thrashing to finish a car for SEMA. That's right? a vacation, that's, right? Yeah, that's, quite a, the that's vacation. a vacation. Absolutely. Yeah, so <laughs> he didn't have to put up with us either. No, so. that's true. It's, yeah, it's a, so that's a true vacation. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. We do. So we, we do. should probably just dive right into this. Yeah, we'll throw a couple things in here. Uh, something I saw that was uh, was pretty interesting is that um, Holly is doing this event called High Voltage, and it's exclusively for electric cars. As they say in the release, um, talking about the growing population of EV owners, as we've talked about mm, numerous times yes. in our deal, want to provide a place for them to get out and have fun in their vehicles and community. Now, that fits in exactly with what they're selling for parts because they have actually created an entire line of, of parts for Teslas and other electric vehicles. I was not aware of that. That's, yeah. um, that's and, amazing. And, and you work with those guys. I do. I work with those guys. I apparently <laughs> didn't get the memo. So Well, you just when it said electric car, you, you flipped right <laughs> I by. I just probably just flipped right that's, by that's that. Right? They that. probably did send it to me. I, just, I don't need to They probably that. said, here, put this on your wall. But uh, it slipped off. But uh, yeah, so uh, some of these things that uh, one of the things I kind of want to generalize and I want to come right back to this is the fact that there is a consolidation of events. What we're finding is that, you know, Holly did the Mo Party mm-hmm. for Mopar guys, the LS Fest, and then right. they have both East very, and West. Very popular. Very thing. popular and, and not just Chevrolets. You know, people are putting LSs and Mustangs on a, on a regular basis yeah. these days. So there's a lot of different places where they're ending up. And so... That whole consolidation is interesting because you look at uh, Haggerty. Haggerty has gotten pretty big here. They're, they're uh, consolidating. They bought Amelia Island. They bought Concord de Elegance America, California Millet, and the Greenwich Concourse de Elegance. So wow. there's a consolidation. And, and I like the idea that people who are 
or companies that are very much automotive minded are, are coming together and putting together events that, that can draw a lot of interest. I mean, there's an ulterior motive that they sell parts to these folks, mm-hmm. but there is obviously, there must be some other reason for them to do it. And I like why it appears to be so well, it, popular. It's, it's strength too, because now right. you've got one voice representing three or four right. organizations, things like that. So, right. so that's, that, that's good because the downside to this is, you know, the other side of this thing is I'm just going to throw this out. Um, that friend of mine, I, I think we've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again. And then we'll just jump right in with Lenny. So there is probably in the United States no more internal combustion engine research being done by the OEs. Zero. Yeah. None. Likely across, uh, around the world. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. So if that doesn't scare you, then clearly, you, you know, well, it throws You're the not watching this show, so you really don't care. But but it throws it, the it throws the hundred percent investment of the manufacturers into having just electric vehicles. Right, and and, and the reason for that is strictly because the government is is mandating such a correct. high cafe standard. This is the only response they can do. They're being forced to do this. It's not something that the, that the general public wants necessarily. But it's being forced upon us. We won't go into the political right. aspects of all that stuff, but I think it's just worth talking about the fact that it's, I mean, it scares me. Well, there's, a there's field. no more internal combustion right. research being done. That doesn't mean that hot rodders won't continue to do it. Doesn't mean Danny Jessel won't still build an equal eight, you know, or yeah. maybe enhance on that whole thing, because we need to talk about that yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's there and it's real and probably not in our lifetime, you know. No. Maybe yours, but not mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm two years younger than you. <laughs> but, when so, you but when you think about it, the technology is really at a pretty high point for the internal combustion engine. It is. Right it now. is. And, it and is. isn't that typical yeah. also of, of just as, I suppose, manufacturing or building a product, it's, it's at its zenith right before it goes away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the light bulb burns out, yeah. right, you know, the brightest right before it burns out. Exactly. So it's just a little bit scary. I mean, the yeah. aftermarket will continue to carry this ball for dozens of years, but still, yeah. there it is. You know, the I mean, electrical, I, the electrical grid problems will be what holds this back. Yeah, now, yeah. You know. did, did, I agree. We talked about you know, Elon Musk came out recently and said that he knows that the twenty thirty mandate for all vehicles being electric, at least new vehicles that are being sold will be electric in California. Is, uh, no, I think it's, I think it's nationwide. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, it's, it's, it's up in the air. I mean, I hear all kinds of different things, but we'll just leave it at the fact that, that it's a high rate of production for electric vehicles. And the orientation being that he has said that we don't have the grid, the infrastructure, which is a popular term these days. Yes. Infrastructure is such that, um, it's going to be able to charge these vehicles. Up. Won't support so, it. No. Won't support it. No. Yeah. So it's a crazy deal. Well, where I'm moving to, there are these big giant <laughs> windmills that generate <laughs> electricity. They're <laughs> right down the road from my house, my new house. So there you You'll go. You'll have to tap into that. Yeah, I will. Because, I will. Because they can't even keep the electricity <laughs> on here in California. No, they so can't. That, you know. You're just going to have I'm to collect. I'm just going to run a extension cord yeah. to plug in over there. You're going to have to collect <laughs> cow farts. <laughs> All right. So we should introduce our buddy Lenny again. Right. We've known each other since 1979 when I got my job at Peterson. Absolutely. So, so but between the uh, quick, between the three of us, we probably have a hundred years at Peterson. You know, ooh, whoa, close, man. scary. Close. Well, I had I had thirty almost almost it's like thirty six. I somewhere in the twenties. Yeah, twenty. Sure. Yeah. So that's seventy. Seventy. Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. It is. It is crazy. But Lenny, yeah. you know, Lenny was talking to me about some things, and we were talking about what he might talk about, and a lot of it has to do with. Um, 
you know, we, we talk about innovation with electric cars as of late, but really to understand the innovation with the automobile, you have to go back in time. And Leonard was with, you know, we knew a lot of these guys like Ack Miller, we know Jessel, we know these kinds of folks. Right. But to understand them fully, I don't think I really actually understand the full breadth of their of their impact. And, and that was oh, something we were, we were talking about yeah. he could, he could, yeah, he could I, address, you know. I started thinking about this, that um, the legendary people that I met in this business, and I had the opportunity to to really get to, uh, you know, interact with and stuff, and, and it was really great. And, um, you know, there are guys like uh, Ack Miller, you know, he, he was, uh, um, Ack was the first guy to mess around with, uh, you know, alternative fuels and turbocharging. And uh, Bill, Bill Strop, he was the, the real guy who kicked the off-roading thing off. I mean, he built Big Ole. He co-drove with Parnelli Jones. He built Rod Hall's truck that dominated for so many years. He built many a Squares chip truck, and uh, and there, and, you know, the Carroll Shelby. He really, he really started the Mustang in in, in big fashion. But these guys, uh, the Mickey Thompsons of the world, you know, yeah. he, he uh, you know, he did drag racing. He did Indy. He did uh, off-road racing. He did invented stadium racing. I mean, these guys really moved the sport forward. And um, when you look at them and you look around today and is, and I said, well, who is, who's, you know, the living legends that are, that are around that, that I've met that uh, really, uh, you know, have moved the, the sport forward and Kenny Duttweiler, you know, you, we, we, had him, we had him Kenny, on. Kenny, you yeah, know, we, we all know, yeah. we all know Kenny, interview. you know, <laughs> the, you know, the world's fastest piston driven yes. vehicle, yes. period. I yes. Mean, How many years ago, it was only like 20, 25 years ago, Speedomotive car had the record for years yeah. and years and years at 409. Yeah. And it sat there and it thought, is this the best we can do? LT, yeah. LT. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, those guys showed up, and, and 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 it was, and then it just, and it's spiraling. I think they, I don't know how fast did they go this year. I don't know, but it's uh, been four sixty so yeah. many times. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, so yeah. Four eighty, I think they were in the four eighty yeah. range. Yeah, because when Kenny was when we interviewed him, he said if they can extend the course another mile, <laughs> he says we can go five hundred out the back door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't it won't count unfortunately but I think it's at this point it's just let's just hang our hat on that. Absolutely. it's not a real record but but there it is Absolutely. right who else is going right. to do that with a piston driven right. piston you know, piston engine wheel driven car right. I was like yeah. just astonishing hey, yeah I'm and, and um, another another guy one of my clients Dan Jessel he just has built a race engine from scratch and, uh, equal eight. Equal eight. Equal eight. And it's a 427-inch uh, push rod, two-valve engine, and it's making uh, right about three horsepower per cubic inch. Wow. Yeah. So That's they ran the dyno finally. What, what, what were some it, of the numbers? It ran, um, he was looking for 1,325 horsepower. Right. And he made 1,282. And, it, and that, and that was, was at what RPM? Um, I think 12? that No, I the got 12? it right here. Yeah. It was, um, that was at. Um, 10 2. 10 2. Okay. So, because he was shooting for 13,000. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, if he could make 13,000, that number's going to be oh, yeah. huge. It'll it, be because huge. It, because the torque was way up. It was right. 713. Okay. Is this a straight, yeah. straight 8 or what? No, no, no. It's a, it's a V8. It's a V8. I, did, I did a story on it for, uh, for um, Engine Labs okay. and spent a lot of time with you and with, with, and with Danny and with Danny's guys. And the, the, the neatest part of the whole thing was that the, the, the camshaft tunnel. 
that he builds he builds clamshells for them in order to in order to fit the camshaft. But the camshaft the camshaft tunnel I think was three and a half inches in Correct. diameter, Correct. which is wow. longer than some in strokes on some engine, and well, that's it's the camshaft. Longer than the stroke on that engine. Yeah, on that engine, yeah, yes. it's three and a quarter. So it's just this giant hole in the middle of the block, and that's so that he could put these clamshells around the whole package and slide it in. And then he has the the cartridge lifter package, which is it inch yeah. two hundred or something like that, or one inch in diameter. It's one inch in diameter and yeah. has a. Uh, 250 wide roller but the cam is 6.3 inches away from the crank and that is huge like compared to a big block chevy is like four and a half right right right. so uh what was what was the why did he do this what was the purpose behind this he is uh dan has complained about uh crutching every engine he's ever worked on that he's he's had to fix this he's had to fix that like the new hemi they didn't allow room for rocker arms shaft rockers in it and uh, the LS, they didn't allow yeah, room for the yeah. There's no room valve for anything. train, and right. then there was all these problems. So he decided he was going to design an engine from scratch. And while he was at it, he was going to fix it all. He did everything. It was everything from stretching the length of the block so that the counterweights on the crank could be smaller in diameter. Wow. Yeah. And uh, there is nothing that he left left to chance. And uh, and it was built around the valve train. Yes. It was built, designed Absolutely. around the valve train, which really is not the way other V8 engines have been yeah. built. No yeah. Way. yeah. Dan, Dan's uh, really smart that way. And he wanted the the every cylinder be exactly the same. The shot to the valve was a straight shot with the intake. And, um, and the valve train was just as important. It had to be, he calls it a straight column valve train. It's mm-hmm. not a one degree variance in it. And it's the, the push rods are only seven and a half inches long. Wow. And, yeah. uh, wow. and awesome. like, like on a Kazi Hemi, they're like this yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and a rocker on the exhaust rocker on yeah. for that long. And so this thing is, <laughs> this thing is stable above 12,500. He's yeah. running up there. The problem, there are not. It's not the problem, but the development they're at now is they keep needing bigger manifolds, bigger headers, and so because they, it's moving yeah. so much more air. Yeah, so right, they got it right, up to, right. So they got it up to twelve hundred and eighty-two horsepower, and the next this is next normally aspirated. Normally, this is not with a supercharger yeah. or a turbocharger. This is wow. NA, yeah. twelve hundred horsepower. And so it's not only been on the dyno, but they took it and they ran it at Indy this year. Larry Morgan put it in a B altered car. And uh, he went out and ran it and found out he, he just didn't have enough gear in it, but it still ran five tenths under Larry Morgan's index. Wow. And um, it wow. ran like, uh, I think, uh, 713. And, uh, and, you know, that is flying. And what they need is just more gear in it. So they need a bigger rear end in it to get more gear. <laughs> and uh, Larry had to learn how to drive it differently, too, because he was shifting it like a pro stock. And this thing has got another fifteen hundred RPM left in it, you know, wow. compared wow. to what a pro. So, so that that's th- there's the other side of the internal combustion engine yeah. development work that's going on to say, okay, yeah, the OEs may not be doing it anymore, but here's a guy that has done a clean sheet of paper, and he actually started that after he helped Mike Moran design right. his original Hemi car, right. and they or Hemi engine rather, and he still had to make compromises. They had to make compromises on that because the development was such that they got to a point where it was like. Oh, we kind of almost backed ourselves into a corner well, here. They, so you had to compromise it a little they bit. They were working off of uh, OE ar- architecture, architecture, no matter how you look at it. Right. In this way, uh, Denny, he didn't have to fit any parts. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't care. Yeah. He, and, he was uh, starting from scratch, right? Yeah. yeah cast, yes. He cast a block. He did yeah, all that. Uh, yes. He built a block. Built a block. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. Yeah. And well, uh, that would make sense. Sure. So, that's that's the level of development that's going on, which yeah. is interesting. They're almost picking the ball up and running with it. Now the OEs aren't. But right. uh, those are the kinds of people that are doing the stuff that not a lot of people know about, and but I, yet is I furthering think, the sport. I think there's that kind of thing going on in the diesel industry, too. If you look and see, you look and see what's going on in the... Um, all the compound turbocharging stuff. Yeah. They're, they're building big power. Do you yeah. work with those? Yeah. Do you have, you have folks that you've dealt with on the diesel side? Um, just a little bit, right. you know, a, you know, my own personal stuff and, and uh, uh, just was, you know, doing a little bit of diesel stuff. Is he? Yeah. We'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor of ours. This is in the garage Some friends of ours that were in the print magazine business before and now started their own books. We got all Chevy performance, classic truck performance and modern rotting. Yeah. These are awesome books. They've got uh, lots of uh, educational and entertainment things in them and they're even good enough quality to include Steve Strope quality maybe, vehicles. Maybe. We'll, He's we'll working see if up I'm allowed it. in there. Right. I don't know. So in the garage media, in the garage media.com. Check them out. Check them out. Get your subscription, sit and read it. And with ARP, it's not just a lot of intake manifolds, uh, studs for heads, right. but they also have a humongous selection of American and metric that we use all throughout the car, even large bolts that we use on the suspension components because you want that same strength that same durability and reliability, right. plus the beautiful looks. And the and, stuff outside the catalog. Right. They have a special order program where if you're, if you're a builder and you need some special stuff made, they can do that for you. So it's an amazing, amazing company to work with. So check them out at arp-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. Speaking of personal stuff, you've got an uh, interesting project you're working on? Yeah, I've got a, a 56 T-Bird that I'm going to put a 5.7... Uh, 2015 uh, 5.7 liter Dodge Challenger Hemi in Gen 3 RT. Motor. Gen, Gen 3, 3 Hemi. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, but when I, and that's where I was interested in, in doing it from the start. But once I got into it, uh, the eight speed transmission has come, you know, I found out that that's probably even just as important as the Hemi. Because when you put that eight speed transmission in the car, all of a sudden you have an effective 650 gear ratio yeah in the car yeah that's wow. going to make anything fly yeah no yep. and this t-bird yeah. weighs 2900 pounds it's got a um 51 on the rear wheels originally from the factory and uh so it, it wow. you know and it's got a huge engine compartment uh, a friend of ours tom kernow's got a, a 55 that he did a tribute to the christman car and it's got a 392 hemi in it it's still it's still plenty of room. Yeah, there. yeah. Because yeah. those Hemi's are wide. Yeah, you know, there's yes, no way are. around it. There's, you know? a, there's all kinds. When you put of the room valves here. like this. Yeah. You know, it, it, it takes up a lot of so, architecture um, or a lot you, of room. Did you have the Thunderbird already? Is that? Um, yeah, I had, had the Thunderbird for about a year. I was going to rebuild it, and then I got tired of it leaking on my driveway and stuff. The 312 and um, <laughs> like a Y block. So everybody yeah. wanted me to put a Coyote in it, and uh, I looked at the expense of them and. Uh, I just, yeah, they're they're pretty cheap. wide. They're pretty wide they're, too. They're even wider, I yeah, think, yeah. Than, than the Gen 3 Hemi. And so I, I just decided to do the Hemi. I thought the dual plug Hemi head thing would be cool. Sure. And uh, well, and then back in the 50s, people were doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this and, is kind of a. And w and I thought you know that I didn't really realize what was happening to the um, swap market is that uh, you know. For the longest time, people were building engines. That's what we did at Hot Rod. We built we built engines, and then it was crate motors, and now it's um, 
these swaps out of out of the junkyard. Right. And and the reason is is that when you if you get a crate motor, all this other stuff you have to have, um, you know, the harnesses, the computers, the on standalone harnesses and stuff, it, it'll just kill you. The the money will just kill you. This way, the one I just bought from um, is place called Advanced Bay up in Sacramento, and Dimitri, uh, Dimitri, uh, when he took it out, he gave me the entire harness to the whole car, and he didn't cut one wire, and oh, that's cool. what you really need that's because need. because yeah. the car's got about three different computers in it, right. and I'm going to put those computers even if I have to tie them up out of the way in the <laughs> in the T-bird, they're going to yeah, be in yeah. there. Bundle at the top of it. So yeah. the so the. Yeah. The motor's going to think it's in the Challenger, uh-huh. and it's really going to be in the T-Bird. Is, is the that T-Bird. where it came from? You had a Challenger that yeah. was a donor uh-huh. vehicle? Yeah. So yeah. that was at the this at this company that you're yeah. talking about? Okay. And uh, you, you need to find uh, a salvage guy that will work with you, and you need to um, you just make sure the engine's running, and, and they offer a warranty and stuff. But it's a great way to go. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah, cool. yeah. I ended up doing a Pontiac, as you know, and I ran into all kinds of problems with harnesses. I bought the crate. I had the crate motor, which was great. I appreciate the situation. Was it an LS? It was an LS. It was the, it was the um, five and a, 525 horse, uh, three, three. Se- yeah, LS3 376Q yeah. motor. And um, I battled the harness for a long time. It, I mean, I had the computer, but I had the harness never matched, and I, that was kind of the downfall of that project. Ultimately, it, mm-hmm. it, it went together, but it was like the module, the the amount of effort was crazy. But that's great. I mean, that sounds like a really really interesting project and a light car, super yeah. light yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like eighth gear is uh, equivalent to having a two point oh seven. Rear gear. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be idling down the freeway at 70 miles an hour, yeah, right? Yeah. 650 on the bottom end, you got yeah, 207 exactly. on the That's back. Right. Yep. I knew you were a mileage guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep the uh, four cylinder delete um, at cruise, too. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. 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 Why not? There you sure. go. Yeah. Because it's seamless. You can't really yeah. feel yeah. it. Yeah. You, know, you can't feel right. it. It just it just runs right. in four cylinder mode yeah. when it's light throttle, you know. Yeah. cruising down the highway in Nebraska where it's flat and straight, you know, you don't need right. all that power. So just delete those four cylinders. Right. Yeah. So we'll just see how the drum brakes work out. <laughs> That's right. That probably, well, yeah. <laughs> that may need some attention. Yeah, yeah. Be you, doing you, the you can stop thing. once. Yeah. You can stop once, but after that, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Won't be the Pikes Peak thing that we talked about the other yeah. day, right? Hey, I had a question for you because I, I know some of your background, though. But when you came out, we're talking about the history of the folks that you've you've met through through your career. Um, you came out from Connecticut to California, and you ended up right. and you ended up working for Popular Hot Rodding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fortunate to uh, get a job there and. And be taken under Lee Kelly's wing. Yeah. He is uh, awesome guy. He's an awesome he guy. He was the editor at Popular Hot Running at the yes, time, correct? He was, yeah. you know, he. I didn't know, I didn't know crap to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. I knew about cars and that was it, but I didn't know anything about the magazine business. And uh, he made it look simple. And uh, you know, I worked with him like my entire magazine career. And uh, you know, Super I owe, owe yeah. it all to him for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. Me too. I've got uh, quick, big quick Lee Kelly story. My first day at Carcraft Magazine, right? And so I'm driving my 55 Chevy because that's all I got to drive, you know, 292 small block, 456 gears, four speed. That's you know, the chips car. Yes, the car that was in <laughs> chips later, yes, for one horrible episode that we won't talk about. <laughs> that's but, my uh, fault. you know, we already did. So yeah, my fault. anyway, so I 
because my wife needed a car to drive my Chevelle so she could go find a job. So I'm driving this thing in and I pull into G3, right? Pull in there because I don't know where else to park. You know, I'm, it's my first day. And, and what was the guy's name? On the, ben. Ben. Yes. Big Ben. Oh. And he goes, I'll take care of you. Know, I'm brand new here. Do, is this where I'm supposed to? He says, just leave it here for now. I'll be fine. And, and, I had, oh, and then Lee pulled in right behind me. And he goes, uh, who are you here to see? And I said, well, it's my first day at Carker. Oh, oh, welcome. Well, you, you want to sell your 55? <laughs> I mean, like, right yeah. away. <laughs> well, ben, ben alone was a story. I love the old Ben stories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ben was the second most affluent guy in the whole building. Because he, he was on the stock market, was in the yeah. stocks. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Pe- yeah. It was, it was Mr. Peterson and Ben. It was a bit of a jump. That was an interesting <laughs> garage. There was either a Gatling gun in there or... Uh, <laughs> You know, some exotic yeah. car. Yeah. Or, a, or yeah. a polar bear. Or yeah. a polar bear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have we told the polar bear story? We probably have. I think we have told the polar bear yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. But um, working at Popular Hot Rodding was, uh, it was, you know, some of the best times. Lee Kelly had this project truck. It was a 33 pickup with a blown small block in it. Really simple engine, uh, four speed. And uh, that thing used to run 11, 19, 120 miles an hour. We used to run it. That, that was He, he used to drive to work fast. all yeah. the time. That yeah. was fast yeah. in the yeah. 60s. Yeah. 60s and, and 70s? That was yeah. cooking. And That's it was really funny. Street, route, Street Rider Magazine challenged us to a drag race. And, uh, you know, we just killed them. It was Excellent. Tom McMillan's uh, <laughs> double A, A100 with a big dream. block Chevy in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those were those were the good times. And uh, another fun story was I had to take Project X out to, uh, they were shooting... Uh, um, Hollywood movie. Nights? Was that when Hollywood they were shooting Nights. movies? Hollywood yeah, Hollywood Nights. On Nights. Boulevard, oh, yeah. And it was Tony Danza and Michelle Pfeiffer and riding, Doug in the, riding in the 57. <laughs> and uh, I took it out there and I told taught uh, Tony how to drive it and um, he ripped the uh, blower pulley off the snout of the crank that night. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Through the radiator, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Racing that guy probably, in the co- Cobra. We should probably explain Project X for a second. Yeah. yeah. So that was a 57 Chevy that Popular Howling started, oh, early 70s, yeah. right? So no, was, no, no. It was in the 60s. It was, it was in the 60s. 60s. Yeah. Because I can remember reading about do you credit Elliot for yeah, the absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was George Elliot invented the project car. Yeah, and uh, and and that car, that car, clearly is has tenure over everything, absolutely. anything else. I mean, not even close by probably decades. Yeah, because it was a long, long run. Sixty-five project. Yeah, I remember doing the research. It was nineteen sixty-five. It was nineteen sixty-five. That's when and it then, first wow. shot. And then GM uh, redid the car this maybe 10 years ago mm-hmm. yeah. and they yeah. they really uh they really did a number on it yeah and uh, the only thing that i didn't like about it was the rear wheel wells were its only distinguishing feature and they uh converted them back to stock, oh, stock 57s oh, okay yeah. yeah but uh other than that it, the car the car is just gorgeous now yeah yeah, yeah. amazing it was yeah. a wreck all the time it was project <laughs> x it was a wreck yes. oh yeah people don't understand they think well, I had a personal experience with this. We were on Power Tour, and, and but people think that the magazine project cars because you know, they're they're placed on a pedestal, right? Yep. So they think these things are spectacular, and they're great, and they're finished, and they're like like yeah. a car that Stroke sure, would like build, a trophy. right? Yeah. yeah, like a trophy. And they're yeah. they're mules. They're yeah, mules. Yes, they are. are they're hatcheted? They're taped together. They're they're you know because you're you're constantly doing things to them. So yep. they're mules, and and it's like you, if you ever get close to a military jet, you think, oh, they're so pristine. No, <laughs> they're, they're 
they're, they're leakers. Yeah, they're leakers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe not the latest stuff because it's all electronics now, but F four Phantoms and things like that, and the old birds that my dad flew. They they t- they pop rivet those things back together, and they're just butchered. And I was at we were getting ready to leave to go on power tour with my '65 Chevelle, and this guy walks up, and there's a hole in the floor. <laughs> I I'd hacked the hole in the floor to put this six speed in, and he goes, "My God, this thing's just hacked." And I said, uh, "Yeah." So, wow, this is a magazine project. Uh, this, you guys are all hacks. It turns out it walks away. And it was like, you know, I wanted to say, well, look, you know, you try doing this. You right. I'll come by here and, and work 18 hours a day. Also put up, oh, by the way, you got to put a magazine yeah, out, yeah, right? Too. You know, and right. then build this car and go on power tour and, 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 and see how good your work is, you know? But you know, that's, you know, just, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's just a typical thing. Exactly. So well, I think that's one thing that Freiburger's, uh, you know, woken me up to a little bit. And I think little everybody else is that, uh, you know, just drive it, you know, yeah, right. no matter what it, yeah, what it right. is, just drive just it, drive it, have sure. some fun with it. And an allergy exactly. to paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Complete wax. allergy oh, to paint, wax, wax, polish no, of any kind. So, so when you were at PHR, who were the icons that you got to work with? You had to be a bunch of them that you ran into along the way. Well, you know, the, the I worked with Strop and, and Miller and those guys back then. We we did quite a few par- projects together. And, um, you know, we Wait, did... Let's, let's talk about Ack Miller for a second because okay. he was doing propane. Propane. Propane and turbocharging long before anybody when, was talking about alternative fuels. This was back in the 70s, Yes, right? when, when he was... When he was Deep in his seventies, he was racing Pikes Peak in his Sprinter. That's amazing. On, on turbocharged on propane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, you know, he he, uh, he he was a great guy. And one thing about all of these people is they really had uh, meager means. They didn't have big shops. They didn't have a lot of tools, uh, a lot of CNC machines. And and they really uh, a guy like Strop. You know, he uh, he built. He really built that off-road racing industry, and he did it with uh, just some common sense and and some really good uh, good engineering. Probably and, a group uh, of very yeah. talented people yeah, that right, helped exactly. them. And, and yeah, good driver yeah. there in Parnelli, yeah. though, too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, that helps. All of them were. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But, but what you don't know is Strop co-drove with them all the time. Did really? He? So he had wow. like a riding mechanic. Yeah, and and uh, he <laughs> rode with Paul ride. quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. That had yeah. to be a wild ride there. Oh, yeah. Who, who, was, who was the first most famous guy that you read? That, like, you'd read about him all those years, and then all of a sudden you got to work on something with him. Was there anybody that came to mind? Yeah, I think I think Don Garlis was probably yeah. the first. And, uh, again, another guy, he was just he's just a through-and-through racer. And uh, yep. asked him why he didn't have a big uh, big semi-truck, and he had a Chaparral trailer. He says, do you know how many steps it is to walk up into a Shep, into a <laughs> Semi truck, and uh, and I said, yeah. He says, well, he says I walked three steps up into my chaparral, and I'm not worn out at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. He's making a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got one quick garlic story. This is wet behind the ears. Staffer, 1979 U.S. Nationals, 25th anniversary of the U.S. Nationals. So I'm I'm my I'm in charge of like stock eliminator and 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 the door classes, right? That, that's my job. You're covering that. That's what yeah, that's okay. I'm covering for the right. magazine because Asher was the fuel guy. But I would occasionally walk <laughs> to the pits, and here was Garlitz's trit rig. You know, kind of rough, kind of rough. And the door to the chaparral trailer is open. And there are two columns of handwritten Sharpie notes. And one side says, what, or what's, what causes tire shake at the top? 
You remember this? No, I never no. saw this. What causes tire shake? And there was a list about 30 things over here that were reasons that it did it. And then this next column was 30 more the exact opposite things. Too much tire pressure, not enough tire pressure. Too much this, not enough of this. Right. You know, and it was, I never forgot that because it was, you know, it was he's on done the them all. inside because he's yeah. done them all. Yeah, oh, done. yeah. So yeah. what causes tire shake? And it was just like, wow. Right. <laughs> Learn yeah. by doing. Yep. Yep. I've seen, I've seen Garlis. Uh, one of the best things uh, PHR had was the PHR championships in Martin, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I heard and, of those. And they used to uh, book the big names in and give them tow money and stuff. John John Grivens ran a hell of a race. And I can remember that um, Garlis didn't qualify one year. And when he came to the trailer and to talk to John, he was always in tears. That's mm-hmm. how, yeah. you know. How important it was. Yeah, how important So one of the things yeah, I like yeah. to do is always assemble an engine with ARP bolts, and it's not just because they're sponsors, but because it really does that, yeah. work. That was um, one of the main things. Um, was there. stuff is fantastic. Uh, I never have to worry Roland about was it. Roland right? Building cars, uh, too. Yeah. Hawaiian. It was always a big name. They raced They raced till 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night. Saturday night. US 131 Dragway. Wow. My first meeting with John Grivens? Yeah. So I so I go to the track. I'm with Pistere. Pete and I go there, and he, Pete has a has a uh, six cylinder Mustang rental car, right? So I see John, and you know, hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. I heard all this stuff about you the whole bit, and I saw there was a dirt uh, oval in the back, and oh, I said, uh-oh. I said, do you mind if I high uh, banked oval? Is a dirt right? You know the one I mean, right? So, high banked. So it's like high banked dirt oval. I said, do you mind if I take a couple of laps? And he goes, oh, have a good time the whole bit. So I literally am reverse locking this Mustang and going around and around. And he comes flying in. And like one of those deals, those launches like a you know off-road truck. And he goes, what are you doing? And I said, you told me I could take a few laps. He goes, yeah, I'm going to get you fired. I'm going to tell George you need to be gone. <laughs> so, so I was like, holy shit. So I go back and I park on the side and, and Pete is just freaked out. Pete's like 22. So yeah. he's, like, he's freaked out. And Pete, and Pete goes, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to lose our jobs. I said, well, we have another problem. He says, what's that? He says, all the wheel covers are over there. <laughs> all the wheel covers flew off the Mustang. So I was like, so I had to go get it. Was so like, I guess we can't drive over there. So we walked over to go pick up the wheel covers. All, all four of them were gone. Yeah, uh, actually, it's part of my baseline design plan when I'm building a car that's going to be shown or featured in a magazine. It's part of the plan to have that little bit of diamonds all over the engine bay or in the suspension. Yeah, Yeah, the stuff is beautiful. I remember uh, a long time ago, I built the first time I ever touched it, 69Z28. All of the uh, water jacket holes had stripped out, and I learned about ARP studs. So check them out at arp-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. Kind of like Vanishing Point where the wheel covers came off at least seven or eight times on the charger. Bullet. Bullet. (laughs) Bullet, yeah. They keep losing them on the charger. John Grivens is laughing under his breath. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. My guess was that he did that on purpose just to freak you out. It was really fun. It was really fun. But I was scared a minute. It was like, nah, George probably won't do that. And then then we used to have the the popular Hot Running Championships also used to be a a kind of a fun thing for the editors, eh? Oh, yeah. Do you remember any good times? 
Yeah, a couple. <laughs> the uh, are these things we can talk about? <laughs> I hope we are. I hope we are. Watch your statute of limitations watched, uh, is up on this. Yeah, yeah. Now. I watched Buster yeah. Couch uh, pants uh, Bill Lloyd at the table. He had p- pulled out this big <laughs> yeah. knife and just dropped his shorts there. So it was c- kind of lost our appetite. John and Nancy Grimmins were very smart. They knew that the for the race to, to succeed, the manufacturers had to be a big part of it. So they had a fun Sunday at Gold Lake. And uh, so all the manufacturers come, we'd get the ski boats out, we'd, you know, there'd be a lot of drinking, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good food, um, good just time. a really good time. Yes. And so uh, I uh, remember I had, um, John had this long deck uh, Mandela flat bottom with an LS7 in it. <laughs> and uh, so Linda wanted to, Linda Vaughn wanted to ski, Linda water Vaughn? ski behind yeah. this thing. Yeah. Said, okay, no problem. This is Miss so, Hurst. Miss yes. Yeah, Miss Hurst. Hurst. Legendary Linda Vaughn. Yeah. Linda Vaughn. So she gets up on the ski, and uh, we're going pretty good. We're probably going 35, 40. And she's, you know, she was a really good skier. And she fought, comes off the ski, comes out of the ski, and uh, she's, anybody got a towel in the boat? Uh-oh. <laughs> she lost her bottoms to her bikini. <laughs> So she had to pull, you know, pull my boat, you know. It, nice. It was that kind of stuff going on all the time. The lake. Um, you would think the stress would have been up, not down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, she had the ski vest. On. There you go. Okay, there you go. There you go. You're safe. Yeah. But um, yeah, and um, one of one of the times I'll never forget is uh, uh, there was a guy back there, Bob Daniels, and he was NHRA oh, yeah. division and, three guy, wasn't? He? Yeah, and yeah. he he was in charge, really in charge of the race, and uh, he said no more fire burnouts. And they I looked to at, explain what a fire burnout is. Well, this fire is burnout crazy. is they don't they, do these anymore. Yeah. They used to pour gas where they pour water now, and then then the car would whack the throttle and throw fire everywhere. It's really awesome to watch. And uh, the, the reason they stopped doing it is they found out that the gas uh, took all the oxygen out of the air, and all every once in a while you hit the throttle and it would just, just die right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, I told Shirley uh, Muldani that. Uh, I want to do a fire burnout, and I want to do it in uh, the lane away from the tower. And I told Reyes she's going to do it. Steve and Reyes was our photographer. Yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve Reyes, Reyes is our photographer. The legendary the photographer. The legendary Steve. Yeah, the giant. Steve could figure out when somebody was going to blow up. He'd literally look and watch, watching cars in lane. He goes, watch that one. And then he'd <laughs> train his camera on there and guaranteed he'd get Boom. a shot. Yeah. So Shirley comes up, and she's in the lane next to the tower. So, oh, no, this is not going to be the burnout. No problem. That's good because Steve's got the open, camera open in the back, uh, loading it with film. And next thing I see is, uh, I think it was Caps pouring down the gas, and they <laughs> lit it up to the headers, and she whacked the throttle. Reyes is stumbling forward with the camera, Pentax 6x7, and as he's stumbling forward, he clicked this thing, and she's throwing flames up into the trees all over the tower, and the guy sitting in the wheelchair in front of the tower, <laughs> a couple other people, you know, it was pretty bad. And, oh, no. uh, but it was the greatest fire burnout of all time. And Reyes caught it. And we ran it uh, double truck center spread in PHR. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, you can see Shirley's eyes are bright red through the helmet. And, wow. uh, man, I it remember was that just, shot. 
It was a pink car yeah. with all that fire. It was great. Yeah. But Daniels yeah. was pretty upset. <laughs> well, they, they did fire burnouts. I mean, it was, the whole point is heating the tires initially, but obviously yeah. there's a great show side of it. And then they went to bleach. That's yeah. why they call yeah. it still called the bleach box. Right. And then they went to water, and mm-hmm. that's what it is today. Yeah. So yeah. all in the sake of All the heating. fun has been taken out of it, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know it. But the PHR championships, that was, uh, I mean, I was not there with you. I was there years later, but we always had a good time. The Front of the Sun deal was a great time. and Yeah, made it about 20, 21 years, I think. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and then the uh, times at the Anchor Inn. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some crazy stuff. I hit, Dave, I hit Dave McClellan with a pie there. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> that was a, That's benign compared to what everything they, they used to do. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can remember trading T-shirts with uh, Dale Armstrong's uh, girlfriend at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, in the in the spa. I don't know where we were. Uh, but no, no. Don't remember where you were. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But see, that was the era of that that drag racing fun. I mean, those cars were a lot of fun. The cars were going fast. They were going faster. The innovation was crazy. The people yeah. were interesting personalities. Well, well there, there were less restrictions on the cars. Back well, it was then. amazing. Were the funny car guys? They would they'd race till three in the morning, and they would they would be at a they'd be booked in a race on Sunday. So they would repair their their car right there at the track after they finished racing at three o'clock in the morning. Like uh, you know, I, I remember Perdome's stuff all scattered all over the place, and 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 Roland's stuff all scattered all over the place. Pretty amazing thing. And then and then pack up and head to the next. Oh yeah, gig. just next, yeah, oh, yeah, next just, gig. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how they made money. Yeah. There's no way they were going to make money if they didn't uh, didn't hit as many things as they could, and they worked on the weekends. So you know. During yeah. the week, they could, you know, go yeah, back they, to... Yeah, they went to Maple Grove, I think, after after Martin. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a haul from, yeah. from US-121 to the other side of Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a long Oof. ways. So yeah. that's a, that's a bit of a, a bit of a drive. But uh, but that was a, that was the, the golden era of those cars, you know, the rain-for-rent cars, all the stuff that happened in that era. Yep. They, were, um, they were my favorites, absolutely. Yeah, the one thing that uh, happened a lot at Martin was there um, we had a lot of top fuel blowovers by half track with the going into a wheelie and then catching the air and flipping over. Mm-hmm. Hang on there. And uh, so uh, I think in one one race we had two top fuel cars blow over. Wow! And that in that year it happened several times until uh, NHRA made some changes. Mm-hmm. Even with the wheelie bars and the you know the yeah, wing it, up front, yeah, it wasn't that. It just wasn't caught, the downforce they, on the they front. They caught, yeah, they caught yeah. the as soon as they got air, caught Picked under the whole that body. body work, man, yeah. they were gone. Yeah, yep, yep, makes sense. So, in terms of all the other stuff that you're doing, you also race go karts. I do. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. What kind of, what kind of karts a, you run? So Ooh. there's a there's a vintage cart uh, association. Uh, you, there's a is that for the drivers or for the carts? <laughs> yeah, for both. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, website is uh, vkacarding.com, which uh, I do, so I don't mind plugging that. Oh, yeah. but, um, excellent. It's uh, all vintage carts um, pre, um, I think it's pre-92 now is, is the thing. And I like to run the fast carts, which are the dual engine C-open carts and, uh, you know, probably close to 80, 90 horsepower. Ooh, with uh, wow. oh. twin one fifty, menthol burning. Wow, two strokes on them. Yikes. They're pretty fun, 
And then the one I'm going to race this weekend up in Bakersfield has got a uh, 135 um, methanol burning motor on it, and it makes about 46 horsepower. But it's wow. is it all shifter carts kind of? No, no, they're all oh, centrifugal, centrifugal clutch. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. really. So is this a is this a lay down cart? The twin engine one is that no, a lay down? No, it's, no, it's not. a sprint cart. Yeah, it's a sit up, sprint so you sit up straight. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, what and how much horsepower? 90? Uh, yeah, 90 to 100. Some Good of them are Lord. making over 100. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, right. uh, they're probably as fast as a formulaic car on a short circuit, you know? Wow. So, so have you run, have you run that car at Willow? Oh the yeah. Big, the big track at Willow? Oh no. Okay. No, no. I've run it at Streets of Willow. Streets of Willow. Okay. Streets of Willow and the Willow cart track is okay. uh, is a really good track. Yeah. The Willow cart track's very, they're very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so the the best one is Adams out in Riverside, and mm-hmm. it's got a seven hundred foot straightaway with a bank wow. corner at the end. Wow. That, <laughs> I had a little mishap there and uh, got got the ambulance ride, but. Yeah. So what happened? Um, I don't really know, but I hit one of those safer barriers that, mm. that's not safer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, went up in the air. By somewhat AP. safer barrier, yeah. sausage firm. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah. So, uh, so you you bounced off it? You physically bounced off it? Yeah. Well, I hit a I hit it a ton and mm. uh, went about eight feet in the air and hit the. Uh, they had a, th- a covered uh, staging area, grid area, with uh, steel poles and concrete in them. I bounced off those, oh. and I ended up about fifty feet from the cart out in the track, and uh, knocked myself feet. out. Mm. I bet. Mm. And uh, so I got the. And how long ago was this? This is nineteen. 2019 took 2019. me a year to year so to get over two it. years ago yeah wow but i didn't break anything that was good you didn't break mm-hmm. anything wow. really yeah wow wow that's crazy so, <laughs> that so if somebody wants to get into this vintage racing i mean is it pretty easy to get into or really it? easy i mean the carts are not that expensive you can you can get you know for 2500 dollars you can have a nice single engine cart and uh and really enjoy yourself. I mean, it's a nice. great group of people, and uh, there's some people who who they just show their carts. They don't even race them. Really, really, and, uh, yeah. Because they're because they're classic, yeah, vintage yeah. style. Huh? And uh, interesting. And it's all more of a socializing thing than it is racing. Nice. Okay. Wow. So, what's the engine of choice now for those carts? Is it for those still, carts? Still are, are McCullough's? Oh no, no, no. Well, for uh-huh. for the smaller carts, the McCullough's. Definitely. Okay. Right. And, uh, but for the big, big uh, C open carts are called K30 Comets. Okay. Oh, and yeah, the, with a K. Yeah, yeah. K30s. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I've run TKMs or British Motors, and they're equivalent to the T, to the K30s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and run on methanol. So compression's up around what, 13, uh, 14 16, to 1? No, like? 16 to 1. 16 to 1. And, there you go. Uh, yeah. So, Pretty amazing. Uh, so yeah. How do you start electric start? Then you have electric yeah, electric start it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. too old it to push start. It. <laughs> <laughs> Used to do that when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a direct drive cart. You just yeah. drop it. You run along, drop it, and then jump in. And you hoped you jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> if you made it, then you were good. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've raced just about everything there is. Daytona twenty four hour. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about all the kinds racing. of stuff. Yeah, and, let's uh, talk about yeah. that. Let's talk about that. When was that? That was 80, 81, 82, okay. something around there. Okay. What and were you driving? I got a chance to drive with Herb Adams, my buddy Herb Adams. Oh, in okay. A, 
and a Firebird on street tires okay. on Daytona wow, 24. That was the BF Goodrich deal then? Was it a showroom stock deal? Yeah. Okay. It, no, it was Eagle. It was Goodyear Eagle. Goodyear, okay. okay. And um, in the car would run about 185 out in the banking. Yeah, and Roger Maris Kodro was that year. And, uh, Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was... Uh, Roger, Roger Maris won. It was... Uh, Indy 500. Indy 500. It was really yeah, tough right. on street tires, is all I can say. I, um, bet. I bet. You know, Roger had a blowout in the oval and spun it down into the uh, uh, into the pits mm-hmm. and didn't hit anything. So, uh, you know, it was pretty exciting. The next year we went back with a real race car. It was a Dillon short track car with a Vonti fiberglass body, Bola small block. And um, it was really fast. It was a GTO class, which was the middle class. Mm-hmm. And, we, and two hours into the race, we were running fifth overall. Wow. And uh, so we were going over 205 on the oval. And mm. uh, no side windows in the car. And, uh, and <laughs> oh, uh, arrow drag on that one. Yeah, and no stagger <laughs> yeah. in the car either. No. And, oh, boy. Oh and, boy. And so we didn't think it was going to rain. And, of course, it did. It got the... The race got red flagged for rain, but I ended up doing nine hours of the driving because um, Joe Rutman was co-driving with us, and he yeah. got sick from the gas fumes. Mm. Oh, and no. then uh, huh. a couple of people couldn't drive because of water coming in the side window of the car. <laughs> but uh, they, they, couldn't drive, yeah. they couldn't drive because of all the water? Is that what it is? Yeah, I go through the infield, and the water would splash over the tunnel. Up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Over the tunnel wow. inside the car. Yeah. yeah, that's how much water is in the car. And <laughs> wow. it was funny. There was another magazine guy uh, racing the 24-hour, Tony Swan. From Motor Trend. Yeah, yeah. From sure. Motor Trend. Yeah. He was racing an RX-7, uh-huh. and I loved passing him. <laughs> and uh, so it was raining so hard that uh, there was a wheel and tire sitting in the middle of the back straight. He didn't see it. You couldn't mm. see anything. Oh, no. And he ran into it at 160 miles an hour yes. and flipped it over, and, you know, flipped it end for end. Wow. Oh, no. So, uh, mm. you know, it was... Uh, Swan song? They finally stopped, they finally stopped <laughs> the race. I bet. Yikes. I bet. That's Yikes. crazy. Well, you did a lot of racing. So how did you finish? How did you guys finish? Uh, well, we finished. Um, we had a two-hour... Uh, Joe Rutman had a slight uh, mishap early on in the race, Cost us about forty-five minutes in the mm-hmm. in the pits, and uh, and then we had a couple of repairs. So I think we finished about I don't know eighteenth, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but just finishing. Yeah, we finished. A major and, achievement. And yeah. the first year we finished uh, only because I changed the last Turbo Four Hundred myself. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the the crew said no so it more. It was an automatic. Yeah, it was an automatic, which wow. is terrible. Which wow. is not a good idea because no. you can't you can't manage the heat. No, it was no. terrible. No. The only thing that might work on that would be a lock-up converter, but then the converter is super heavy, and that doesn't you work. You didn't so. have the ratios you needed. You right. Know, it was bad. Right. But right. it had so a big always, block. always either too deep or not deep enough. Had yeah. a big block, and uh, but it was pretty fast on the straightaway. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Of all, your, of all your time at Hot Rod, we'll just pick on Hot Rod here, what was the couple of moments that stand out to you, or one, that just was like, this is why I've been in this business, why I'm in this industry. Is there anything that stands out, you know, like spending time with Randy Lorenzen or something? <laughs> uh, spending time with Randy. Now, that's, that's, that's another thing. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's the people. Um, being at Hot Rod um, is the people that you get to work with and, uh, and you deal with on a daily basis, manufacturers, um, you know, just friends in the industry and stuff, and it's great. And, like, 
uh, hired Randy, and uh, he made me look good with his photography over the years. He yeah, really awesome, made me look awesome good. Talent. Yep. Awesome and, talent. And, uh, you know, I found out early on the better people you hire, um, the better it is for yep. you. Exactly. So what exactly. happened with me? Yeah. <laughs> you slip up sometimes, yeah. you know, there's stuff that happens, yeah. and you just go, what the hell? So there it goes. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's the people – because you were, really a, you were, I did some research, and I think you were the second longest tenured editor at Hot Rod, right? After after Wally Parks, right? Because you, he was ten years, and I think if I recall, six and a half years, yeah. And I, I barely made six. Can you imagine so. having Marlon Davis, Gray Baskerville? <laughs> And uh, the sermon of characters I had working C. for C. J. me, CJ Baker, CJ Baker, CJ Baker. Yep. Um, before he went to before he went circle, circle track, track. yeah, right. 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 And, myself uh, and Jeff Tan trade off. Oh yeah, yeah. There and, you go. And yeah. I'd be what going home at night and beating my head against the steering wheel. <laughs> and my wife would say, "What's wrong?" I said, "I said I got Gray and Gray and Marlon working for me. <laughs> what right. more do you need?" But, and, uh, and I I inherited them eventually, yeah, and yeah. and but the other side the other side of that is I mean tremendously enthusiastic, fantastically yeah. enthusiastic. You can't buy that. Right. You yeah. can't you can't hire that. They either come and talented. with it and yeah. talented. So you combine all that enthusiasm. They were eccentric, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Once you once you got past that, and you 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 because you spend so much time with them, it, yeah. they're like part of the family almost. Almost, and uh, luckily I didn't have to go home at night with Gray. I, that that might no. that might have draw the line yeah. there, but but uh, it, still, it was uh, I w- they were fantastically fun to work with, and you didn't oh. have you know. So what you did was somebody asked me one time, how do you deal with guys like that? It's like well, you just you build on their strengths and you minimize their weaknesses. You know, Gray was fantastic at the stuff that he loved to do: go to the guys' shops, go to go to Bonneville, go to go to um, the different shops and see what they're doing and keep track of what's going on. Boyd Connington was hot at that time. The Devil's Triangle down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when we did, uh, the, one of the classic ones was they built that, I forget the name of the car, but it was, it looked like, I called it an Easter egg because it looked like an Easter egg. And I think Gray said, it looks like it needs to be, it looks like it's coming from outer space. <laughs> and that's, we came up, so we, and we just played off of that. And by the time the meeting was over, we had contracted with the photographers, uh, DeLivos group, and we, we recreated the moon in the studio. And initially what we were going to do was, was to project that, that classic blue marble shot that NASA came back with from the moon of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. We were just going to rear project that on the back wall. And it didn't really work. I think Jim Brown was helping us with this at that time. And so the next thing I know, they had commissioned an artist to paint essentially a moonscape with wow. the blue marble on the nice. wall. And I walked in and went, oh, my God. And we, we ordered, like, I don't know, a couple, a half a ton or a ton of this black gravel that looked like moon dust and then rolled the car in there and shot that deal. And ordered that all came from Gray pie. because he said, this car looks like it belongs on the moon. It's like, well, let's do that. Then there I hired go. Joe Pettit. We put Joe Pettit in a, in a NASA moon moon suit right right a, a yeah. astronaut suit and we rigged up a flag with a you know because there's no wind up there so we just that was that was very cool stuff like that joey's got the good good gigs like that and riding in uh big red big red yeah. yes it almost blow his hair yeah. back. <laughs> anyway 
Well, we, uh, I think we're actually uh, at the at the end here, guys. Are yeah, we? I think Are we? we? Have, uh, we've done uh, our our best efforts. And here. we probably haven't touched on no, no a we, we million did. stories that we can. We, still well, do, we got right? a few few stories that Randy Randy will tell me. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we'll look forward to All that. Right. We'll do. Upcoming Thank podcast. you for coming, yeah. man. And, and yeah, we should have him back. We should have absolutely because there's other stuff that we could talk about that would be a lot of you fun. Bet. And okay. Uh, you if bet. you like what we're doing here, you know, subscribe, you know, ring the bell, do all that good stuff. Right. And uh, Listen and, in. and thanks again to ARP for sponsoring us. That's ARP-Bolts.com. Correct. And uh, we don't have our ARP thing up here. We'll I know. We'll have to well, put that got back up. Stuff maybe we'll, maybe uh, bring, you know, next yeah. one we'll have it up there. Yeah. No problem. What, one thing we should say is that um, the Jessel engine that Danny just put together is mainly held together with ARP hardware. That's right. That absolutely. He, there you go. Yes. Uh, he has done, you know, I mean, that thing looks like a piece of jewelry it and there's does. a lot of specialty stuff they built for yep. that that engine alone. Yep. yep. Very cool. So thanks again for watching Very and uh, keep subscribing and keep watching and we'll we'll keep bringing these things out for you.